Today we have some statistics that you need to know as an agent that will actually help transform your business. Stay tuned. This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Real Geeks. How many homes are you going to sell this year? Do you have the right tools? Is your website turning soft leads into interested buyers? Are you spending money on leads that aren't converting? Well, Real Geeks is your solution. Find out why agents across the country choose Real Geeks as their technology partner. Real Geeks was created by an agent for agents. They pride themselves on delivering a sales and marketing solution so that you can easily generate more business. Their agent websites are fast and built for lead conversion with a smooth search experience for your visitors. Real Geeks also includes an easy-to-use agent CRM, so once a lead signs up on your website, you can track their interest and have great follow-up conversations. Real Geeks is loaded with a ton of marketing tools to nurture your leads and increase brand awareness. Visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod and find out why realtors come to Real Geeks to generate more business. Again, visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod. And now, on to our show. Welcome to Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I'm your guide and host through the show. And today is our monthly series called Closing Time with Chris Linsell from theclose.com. Uh, this is a partnership between Keeping It Real and The Close. And let me tell you more about The Close if you're not familiar. Theclose.com is the kind of real estate website designed to give agents, teams, and brokerages actionable strategic insight from industry professionals. They cover real estate marketing, lead generation, technology, and team building strategies from the perspective of working agents and brokers who want to take their business to the next level. Now, please visit theclose.com to check out their articles. I also recommend subscribing to their newsletter so you get notified every time they come out with a new article. And their articles are incredibly uh, deep and detailed. And for example, if you were looking to some ideas of how to conduct a better open house, they are not just those, some of those articles you might find by searching and you see these lists of a few different ideas that you already know. These are deep dive articles. So definitely check out theclose.com. With us as always is Chris Linsell. He is a staff writer and the real estate coach for The Close. Now, Chris is The Close's resident expert on real estate topics ranging from marketing, lead gen, transactional best practices, and everything in between. So licensed agent, uh, Chris is a licensed agent in the state of Michigan, and he's been part of hundreds of transactions from modest rural, uh, rural starter homes to massive waterside compounds. And when he isn't writing, you'll find Chris fly fishing or performing on the stage of his community, local community theater. And Chris, uh, welcome once again to the show. DJ, pleasure to be here. Glad to see you. Glad to uh, glad to get into the real estate's uh, real estate convo today. Man, there's a lot going on right now in the real estate space. So uh, excited to chat. Well, you're not only our Sherpa in the sense of what's going on in real estate news and technology and sort of actionable insight from 
market uh, sort of conditions. You're also my Sherpa for uh, my, my new smoker. So Chris is also into smoking meats. Not that this audience is that interested in hearing us discuss that, but I, I, Chris helps me. I just smoked my first brisket and, and Chris was, was helpful during that and helpful. Everyone. So yeah, but he has a lot of knowledge uh, and we're excited to have you again. So, well, yeah, you, well, you know, whatever I can do to, to uh, <laughs> fill your brain or fill your belly, man, you know, you just let me know how I can help. I love it. Well, let's, you guys just recently, or you in particular, just released a, an article a couple of days ago on shocking real estate statistics that agents uh, and everyone needs to know about. So I'm excited to get go through some of this data. And by the way, you wrote, this is how detailed uh, Chris as a writer is, as well as the close itself. There's 111 shocking real estate statistics. And imagine as an agent, if you just went through there and picked out 15 or 20 that you could just have at the ready whenever you're having conversations about real estate or the conditions of the market today. Um, I would imagine that would be some nice uh, expression, what arrows in the quiver, right? Uh, uh, some yeah. more arrows. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, I want to make sure I give credit where credit's due. It wasn't just me that, uh, that worked on this. We have an amazing team over at the close, uh, including uh, so, uh, another one of our staff writers, Jody, and our uh, marketing manager, Becky, that both um, played a major part in making sure that this article was exactly um, as valuable as it is. So major kudos to those folks and the whole closed team. Um, but I will say, you know, there are a couple of things that are worth calling out here just at the jump um, that uh, I think uh, if you're if you're listening to this and you're wondering, okay, yeah, okay, I'll hear some some real estate statistics because I think it's interesting, but how does this actually apply uh, to making my business better? And I want to just start by telling you a whole bunch of the things in this article and that we'll talk about today um, will directly positively affect your efforts as a real estate agent because a part of what you do and a part of of how you um, position yourself to create the business that you want is by showing your community and your clients and your prospects that not only are you experienced in the spaces that you serve, but you're also knowledgeable about what's going on. And you can take that knowledge and apply it to benefit your clients. So as an example, as an example, just right off the jump, uh, I was really interested to learn uh, through the research of this article that there are currently, uh, as of July of this year, there's 1.6 million members in the National Association of Realtors. This is an all-time high. Never had this many people in NAR, uh, which is crazy. That means there's a lot of people in the real estate space. There's actually over 3 million people with uh, active real estate licenses in the United States. So there's a whole cohort of people out there who have real estate licenses that aren't a member of NAR. So when you are talking to your clients right now, you can start with some of this information and say, and, and internally have this knowledge that you're not the only game in town. There's a lot of people out there who are competing for the real estate business. And when a client chooses you, that means that they have chosen you among other competitions. So be knowledgeable of that. Be thoughtful of the fact that they have choices uh, and you can you can uh, kind of leverage that uh, through your initial conversations with them. Yeah, I actually think that's a real positive because it reminds me of, I think it was M. Scott Peck who wrote this book, although I could be wrong, um, which is the road, the road less travel. 
well, he wrote The Road Less Traveled, but I, I you know, it, it was he wrote this book, but the actual express that I was going to say is not not that, but it's it's never crowded along the extra mile, right? So I think mm. this allows agents to step up their game, become more valuable to their clients, and also separate from the pack. Yep, absolutely. So I want to throw out just a couple of numbers, DJ. Let's see if you can. We'll we'll play a little a uh, little rapid fire. And I I will not be looking at the article. Okay, don't to, don't uh, look. Okay, okay. Uh, here, this is a, a, a really um, uh, a significant number here. 66%. What do you think 66% might apply to in the real estate space? I would, I'm curious if it has to do with the uh, amount of agents that have been in the industry for less than a couple of years. Oh, good, good guess, but no. As of 2022, start of 2022, a full 66, actually a little bit over 66, almost 67% of real estate professionals are women. Wow. We are living in a world and working in an industry driven by women. This is a place where the success of the market at large depends on women. Now, men certainly play a major role in this too. We're all in this together, but Ladies, if you're listening to this, you are the driving force in our industry. And, uh, you know, we as an industry as a whole, those of us who talk about and work through the industry, we got to take this into account because um, you, the perspectives uh, and the direction of women in our profession are the driving force of success. I'm starting to see a lot more female only or female led brokerages and and teams in particular. I'm mm -hmm. seeing a lot more of that than I did a decade ago when I got into this industry and I I think it is uh it is very fun and neat to see that and I think that you know boy uh some I used to see a lot of um teams that that had both men and women and a lot of teams do but I I do have a there's a special place in my heart when I see a bunch of women collectively getting together and you know they they do sort of run this industry in a lot of ways and I think that ultimately is is a good a good thing for everyone but um i see i'm seeing like now is the time for the for these women who seem to be taking more leadership positions and running things and mm -hmm. uh be curious to see how that all plays out you know i as, totally as agree okay another question dj what would you guess the percentage of realtors active in the united states who have had their real estate license for one year or less i'm talking brand new real estate agents right what percentage of, of agents in the U.S. have had their license for one year or less? 15% is my guess. Actually, that would be a great guess last year, but this year, 18%. 18% wow. of agents out there have had their license for less than a year. And here's what agents and brokers need to know about this information. One, there is a reasonable chance, like almost one in five, that the agent across the table from you this may be their first transaction, okay? So for those of you who are seasoned in the space, keep in mind, almost a 20% chance here that the person sitting across the table from you is brand new to this. So how do you need to adjust your communication? How do you need to adjust kind of the, uh, the shared workload of getting transactions across the finish line? You know, in the real estate space, our competitors are also our colleagues. So how are you going to how are you going to keep that in mind another thing to think here is if you are a managing broker or if you are a uh you know you own a brokerage or an indie agency 
or franchise, you got to know you have more new agents in this space than, than historically you've ever had. And this means it's time to step up your professional development. You have to be really thoughtful and conscientious about your training. And holy smokes, if you are a team leader who has working with brand new agents on the daily, like they're shoulder to shoulder with you, these are folks, you have more of these people in the industry who want to learn from you than ever before. So if you're building a team, keep in mind, you got a lot of inexperienced agents out there. That usually means you have a lot of folks who are ready and anxious to learn uh, kind of at the feet, so to speak, of somebody who's done it a number of times successfully. So you, you, it's a little bit of extra work, mentoring and training, um, but the payoff could be huge. So it's really never been a better time for a team leader who's looking to expand the team with new newly licensed agents and mold them. Um, to, now there's just more of them out there. And also... Remembering for everyone listening, if, if you're not in your first year, you probably remember your first year. And if especially if you were not on a team and you were trying to build your business, my suspicion is that that was a pretty stressful first, actually probably for several years for you. So, you know, if we think about uh, reaching out, offering a bit of a lifeline to these these agents who might not be getting the training they need um, from their, you know, managing broker or whatever, you can bring them into your fold. And you can um, also charge them a little bit for that with yeah. a percentage of, of their income. Um, that's totally reasonable and, and acceptable. The other thing I was thinking, as Chris was saying, what if you're on the other side of a transaction with somebody who's newly licensed, inexperienced, probably doesn't know a lot of the nuance of, of how to get certain transactions closed or move through. If you, nobody, very few people will ever tell you, this is my first real estate sale, Mr. Cooperative Broker and, or Mrs. Mrs. Broker. And can you help me? To, you know, and that's an embarrassing and difficult and vulnerable thing. So most people aren't going to tell you, but you can actually look it up. If you suspect maybe somebody's uh, newer to the business, well, obviously you could call their managing broker and just say, just out of curiosity, are they new? And can, can we help them a little? Or you could just go on to your state website. And I think the information's public in all 50 states and see when they were licensed. And then you can always reach out to them say, Hey, I see that you're newer to the business. Uh, I got a few suggestions about how to make this happen better for you. You know, being of service that way, um, instead of just going like, God, this person doesn't know what they're doing. Well, yeah, they're in their first year and you can look that up uh, in yeah. case they don't tell you. Totally. Totally. So I want to pivot a little bit. I was particularly fascinated, um, in this, in prep and prepping this article, looking at, um, some of the interstate migration data people have moved a bunch is since uh since uh you know uh spring and summer 2020 covid did a number on those things i this is i no guessing here i just want to throw throw out a stat here uh, and get your reaction from july 2020 to july 2021 the state of texas grew its population by 30 million people and the state of florida grew its population by 22 million people biggest growths of states all of, across the country and this includes california uh, which has right. the biggest population at large. And so, you know, that sort of growth in California might be, uh, you know, it, that it, just in California would be impressive. But seeing that kind of growth in states, Texas and Florida, which, you know, not small states by any means, but by far record growth, pretty amazing. Isn't it? Wouldn't you agree with that? 
Yeah. And I, the Florida thing makes sense because there's a lot of baby boomers in nearing retirement. And traditionally, you know, Florida is a destination that people consider. Um, also, no, uh, because of the state income tax situation and other and weather and all sorts of other reasons. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I think to me, what I hear when I hear things like, hey, client people are moving to, and I, uh, by the way, California, I believe, and I don't know this if this is true, true, but I believe they have a net negative. Um, I think they actually are losing people uh, every year or the last couple of years, at least because of all sorts of regulatory issues and taxes and things. But mm -hmm. anyway, um, Texas, Florida makes, makes perfect sense. Um, well, and Texas has favorable tax laws for businesses. I know lots of companies are moving there too, but I guess the way I would interpret that or an action step would be time to develop relationships with brokers in those areas, because I now might have my clients maybe moving. I'm in Chicago, but clients here, you know, my parents are probably going to retire to Florida as well. Mm -hmm. um, they're going to need a realtor down there. Yep. hundred percent. That's my, my big takeaway for this. I don't care what state you're in. Um, uh, if it's any, actually, I should say, if you live in any state other than Florida and Texas, you need to run, don't walk, run to uh, like a referral portal or, or like an agent database where you can connect with agents in those states and start setting up these referral relationships right now, because chances are you're going to see folks who are looking to get to those states at the very minimum to buy second homes or vacation properties, maybe to relocate in general. It is. Uh, it would be statistically unlikely that you don't experience that, um, you know, over the next couple of years. So be thoughtful about the fact that Florida and Texas are destinations right now. They're likely going to be for the foreseeable future, in part because of what you mentioned. Um, as as you know, we've got retirements for a lot of folks coming up. We've got favorable tax and regulatory environments for businesses. So definitely something that is worth um, worth keeping in mind. If if you only have a couple of referral relationships, make sure you've got them in Texas and in Florida. And, and, and with Texas, I'm just going to say in Texas, what that means in Florida as well is all the major cities or the major markets, you need to have a realtor in place for that. How do you find them? Lots of different strategies. I think we can all probably figure out ways to do that. You could Zillow reviews. You can ask if you have an internal network within your brokerage, you can go to lab code agents on Facebook and, and ask about, you know, experiences that people have lots of ways to find realtors. I guess the point is Chris was saying, build your database of referral partners. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you had mentioned retirement, which brought up another interesting stat that I found. Um, since 1980, which I know feels like ancient history for folks who are, uh, you know, in the, in the, uh, the, uh, you know, generation Z or, or nearby. For me, that doesn't seem that long ago. 1980 just feels like, you know, that's, that's just a few years ago. Um, but since 1980, the median sale price for a home in the United States has increased by 781%, which is so seven times, almost eight times. Well, I don't know if that's, is that right? Eight times. Yeah, that's okay. right. That's right. Almost, almost is you, you have seen an almost eight X increase in the median sale price in homes. And why I, why do I think this is statistically uh, significant? Um, well, for real estate professionals who ha have a client base or a community where you have a lot of folks who are nearing retirement age, or maybe they are have are now just past retirement age, and they are starting to think about kind of the you know um, uh, kind of you know later chapters in their life, 
there it will not be uncommon to see a lot of these folks who have been living in their homes since the late 80s and and 90s and maybe even before and what that often translates into is are, are folks who when they've been in their home for 30 or 40 or 50 years many of these folks have just stopped monitoring the value of their property because why would they? They don't need to think about how much this is worth because they own it outright. They'll pay the taxes. They're not looking to sell anytime soon. This is just their house. These are Many of these folks are considering now what their next options are. And so given all of this climate, if you have these folks in your market, it is a genuine possibility. They have no idea how much their property is worth. And so right now I am encouraging folks that I coach uh, and, and do consulting with, you should be spending time in the tax roles of your community. If you have public tax roles and identifying people who have owned their homes for 20 plus years, because it is a very good chance that these folks don't have an accurate idea of how much their home is worth. And the longer they have owned this home, the better, because it is more than likely that they have, even if they think they have an idea, that they don't have the complete accurate idea. This is where you can step in and provide cold call or cold, uh, a cold like letter value to these folks by saying, listen, I ran just a really preliminary CMA on your property, and I think you'd be surprised at the results. I think your value might be, and you can ballpark up higher, uh, you know, or just just a general price, and say I'd love to to give you some, you know, really accurate data. I'd love to just do a quick walk through the property, provide you with some options. This is totally, you know, free of obligation and charge. I just noticed that this might be something that you might be missing. There, there is so much value you can provide for your community through this and a ton of business that can be done as a result of it. My parents built their home in Peoria, Illinois, and I think it was 1982, or we moved in in 1982. There you they go. have not moved. There um, you go. I, the, these are not, my parents are super, super tech, uh, not, I mean, for their age, they're in their seventies, they're super tech savvy. But are they going on Zillow and looking up the value of their home? They're not. I assure you they aren't. Um, and they, in the next year or two, are going to eventually get rid of that home. I am going to ask them how often they receive phone calls, emails, letters in the mail that say, hey, I want to do a value. I bet you the answer is maybe one a year, if that. It's an opportunity right now, especially if you have... Uh, good strategies for that initial approach and that provision of value. And if you need help on those things, you can always visit theclose.com. We have a ton of resources um, for folks who are doing uh, cold outreach on marketing, who are doing CMAs, who are providing that sort of value to their community. Lead with value. Uh, the business will come from that and the close can help you get there. Um, I wanted to call out, uh, DJ, a couple of kind of pre and I, you know, I hesitate to call it post pandemic because I we're not quite post pandemic, um, but kind of pre COVID and kind of post COVID hype shifts that have happened in the real estate space. I'm just going to kind of call these out popcorn style and get you get. You know, I want to hear your your thoughts uh, just in general. Uh, number one, um, the uh, the National Association of Realtors increased their membership by nearly 50,000 people between July 2021 and the um, in July 2022. 50, 50,000 people joined wow. the NAR. Um, pending home sales in June of 2022 
were down over eight and a half percent over May uh, as a direct result of these escalating mortgage rates and and housing price changes. Um, mortgage rates are changing the way that people are shopping for homes big time right now. Um, another important one to call out with mortgage rates expected to likely stabilize close to 6%, um, home sales are likely going to see, um, if we predict out, if we have some stabilization, 2023 may be a year that we start to see home sales stabilize and the markets balance a little bit as those those, uh, interest rates kind of equalize a little bit. And then the last one I wanted to call out here was um, just the overall projection in home prices. Despite all of the craziness in the market, we are still expected to see home prices grow in 2022 on net. But 2023, there's an expected decline in the average home price. Yeah. You know, I think this this speaks to, a. have always thought more of a it might even be a philosophical style question um, that is is worth exploring, which is, is a primary residence an asset? And the there's there's different debates about how to de, how to define an asset and whether a primary residence fits that criteria or not. It certainly is an asset on the day you sell it. We we understand that. But I think this could be an opportunity for agents to have a deeper understanding of what an asset is and how important home value values are to somebody's overall net worth. Um, and, and, you know, it, and I think having that information and being able to have a deeper conversation with somebody about the importance of home pricing today, where it's going to be in 20 years, how it affects somebody's overall net worth, um, I think is really important because I think people overestimate uh, so when I say people, the the average buyer and seller probably overestimate the importance of where home prices go, um, mm-hmm. because it, it it's important when you're buying something and when you're selling something, and then there's all this time in between. And you know, do we do we want to look at a primary home as an investment, or do we want to look at it or as an asset, or do we want to look at it as just hey, we got to live somewhere. And 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 so there there are different thoughts about this and I encourage agents to have a perspective on this, have a point of view and be able to understand the different perspectives and be able to share that with somebody because I think re-education or educating somebody becomes really important because you have to remember buyers and sellers are going on Zillow, they're looking at their estimate, they're curious, right? And the, the question is, yes, that number, whether it's accurate or not, that's also debatable, but people look at it and they mm-hmm. assign significance to it. Your job as the agent is to help them understand, is is this a significant number to you, Mr. or Mrs. Buyer and seller? How does this fit in with your overall life plan? How, and, you know, and ultimately what you might find is it's not as important as we all in the industry think it is because we deal in home prices and we're always, you know, negotiating. I don't know how important it is, whether the home prices increase or decrease a little bit over time. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess if you're, if you're making a big giant bet on that, something is going to appreciate, then yes, it is significant. If, if you're just, Hey, this is my family home for the next 20 years. Um, you know, understand having your clients understand what this asset actually does along the way and what it does at the end um i think is is a really important understanding for a realtor to have yeah i totally agree and in fact i i coach people on a regular basis um to say 
The only reason I want you to know what the um, kind of market sentiment and the direction of home prices is, it's it is it has almost nothing to do with the dollar values of the homes, and almost exclusively has to do with you being connected to the sentiment of the buyers and sellers for which you are serving, because those folks get emotionally affected by those numbers. You should only be objectively affected by those numbers. Those those numbers should only change kind of how you process strategy for uh, what's the percentage that we should offer uh, over or under the asking price and how many days uh, on market, uh, you know, is, you know, what's the ratio of days on market versus versus uh, list to sale ratios and all that stuff. Those are just objective measures for you. But for your clients, those are subjective measures. So you want to make sure that you are in tune with those market directions in part or almost exclusively because your clients are emotionally internalizing those and you can't be of objective value to those folks without taking that into account. Great point. Speaking of, of um, uh, kind of uh, internalization and, and, and kind of experience, and, and I know we're, we're running uh, up on time here, but I wanted to just call out a couple of uh, interesting marketing statistics that we uncovered as a part of this article that I think um, a lot of folks would be surprised by. Um, the first is, um, in 2021, the close did uh, a survey uh, of our readers, and we found from our readership that more than 30% of agents who we surveyed reported closing at least one transaction as a direct result of their activity on social media. One in three, almost one in three agents said, I got a sale because I posted on social media. I want to pause for a moment to talk about our episode sponsor, our one of my favorite companies out there, Follow Up Boss. Now, after interviewing hundreds of top realtors in the country for this podcast, do you know which CRM is used by more than any other by our guests? Of course, it is Follow Up Boss. And let's face it, following up is the key to taking your business to the next level. Follow Up Boss will help you drive more leads in less time and with less effort. Do not take my word for it. Robert Slack, who runs the number one team in the U.S., uses Follow-Up Boss, and he has built a $1.5 billion business in just six years. Follow-Up Boss integrates with over 250 systems, so you can keep your current tools and lead sources. Also, the best part, they have seven-day-a-week support, so you'll get the help that you need when you need it. And get this, Follow-Up Boss is so sure that you're going to love their CRM that for a limited time, they're offering Keeping It Real listeners a 30-day free trial, which is twice as much time as they give everyone else. And oh, yeah, no credit card required. So you can try it risk-free, but only if you use this special link. Visit followupboss.com forward slash real. That's followupboss.com forward slash real for your free 30-day trial. Follow up like a boss with Follow Up Boss. And now back to our episode. So I thought that, that was worth calling out in the context of also uh, new data released um, by Meta, uh, who owns Facebook, said that uh, Americans and we are calling we're we're um, uh, we we uh, at the close qualified some of this some of this data um, and and took just portions of it to understand that Americans who are likely to become home buyers or home sellers. So we're not including folks uh, like under the age of 22, basically in this, but folks who are over the age of 22, uh, on average, spend up to 90 minutes a day 
on Facebook or Facebook connected platforms like Instagram and Messenger. These are your people and they spend over an hour and a half a day on these platforms. And 96% of the visits to these platforms happen on mobile devices. So real estate professionals, if you are not on Facebook, get on Facebook. And if you are there, the content you are creating has to be, it is not optional. It must be optimized for mobile consumption. If you are envisioning somebody opening up their laptop or logging onto their desktop computer to consume all of your wonderful Facebook uh, information, uh, and you are tailoring your posts to that sit down desktop experience and not to the mobile phone in the back of an Uber or on the subway or sitting on a park bench, you are wasting your efforts um, relative to somebody who understands exactly who is reading and consuming your content and how they are doing it. It is time to accept the fact that people are doing it on their phones and they're doing it a lot. In fact, the average American Facebook user clicks on 11 ads per month. So there is a lot of evidence to suggest that not only is your uh, organic presence there important, but your paid presence can be very profitable if you are doing it correctly and understanding the facts as they are. And it, it, you know, there's a couple couple of things I I thought about as you, as you mentioned that one is um, that it's a great time if, if we if we know that one third of every of all the agents who are online have have talked about uh, getting at least one transaction for the year. Um, maybe if we think about well, what is that worth, right? So take your average home sale and the average commission, and and obviously can figure that out pretty easily. Then think, what if I were to hire somebody to assist me with mm -hmm. some of this? Um, would it be cost effective if they could get me from maybe one a Facebook transaction a year to three or four or five? Would it pay for their salary? Would it pay for their help? Whether they're part time, full time, that's enough something to consider if you're not super Facebook focused. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing I would say is don't neglect video. Video is exactly. how people are consuming a lot of social content and you don't have to have special lighting or uh, mm -hmm. you know special devices. You can use your mobile uh, device and literally just turn your phone around and at every show and go, let me show you something really cool about this home. If that's all you did, uh, you could track your metrics and see if your audience appreciates that content, but it doesn't have to be a lot more than that. It just has to be bite-sized information that people find interesting. So now's the time, I agree with Chris, to really put yourself out there on social talk about what you do, provide, think about value. What do my clients, what are the questions my clients ask me? And make videos or write articles specifically answering those questions. hundred percent, hundred percent. In fact, my, um, I, I have another, uh, real estate uh, coach, uh, named Sean Modry, who also does some stuff with us on the close, uh, specifically with our close pro product. And he and I, um, have talked regularly about how successful real estate marketing, especially on social really boils down to three categories, evidence of success evidence of knowledge and evidence of action. And social is such an easy place to demonstrate evidence in these three things. I love DJ. I love your example of every time you're at a showing, just flip on your phone and say, Oh, I'm at a showing. I really want to show you something super cool. 
by just doing that, this 30 second video, you are demonstrating action. Hey, you're at a showing. You're a busy agent who's out working. You know about the inventory and the activity in the market. Oh, wait, you know about the inventory? That's evidence of knowledge. So you've got evidence of action. You've got evidence of knowledge. And what did I say the third one was? Evidence of knowledge, evidence of, I'm blanking. Evidence <laughs> of knowledge, action, and uh, uh, experience. Experience. Yeah. Uh, so these three things, experience, you are literally working with somebody to accomplish the same sorts of things that your potential buyer or seller uh, will want to accomplish. These three things are accomplished so easily on social with just this single piece of video. I tell you what, I follow a lot of realtors on Facebook, specifically those in my local market, because these are folks that I'm connected to. I want to see what they're doing. I want to celebrate their successes with them. I'll tell you what, the most consistently successful agents in my markets are the ones that I see doing this constantly. And it generates a lot of conversation because those folks who are doing this constantly are offering their audience a chance to engage at their on their own terms, at their own pace. And it may be that the first 10 times you do this, you're going to get no response from people, but I guarantee you people are watching. And it only takes one time for someone to say, oh, I love bay windows like that. You know, I've always wanted bay windows in my house. Then that single comment is going to lead to a text message or a Facebook messenger message. It's going to lead to a further conversation and it's going to lead to another name in your CRM that you can then turn into a client. You just gave me a great idea. I love the, the bay windows idea because here in Chicago, we have a lot of our architecture for residential has bay windows uh, and um, bay windows are, are definitely, uh, well, I, I assume they're still a considered a, a premium, nice thing to have. I, I had it in a previous uh, condo of mine. I loved it. And even if you're just like, here's everything you need to know about Bay Windows and, and you do a little video or write an article about it, if, if that's the thing that you're into, or if that's a thing people in your market are into, that would be incredibly unique content that a lot of people would, or, hey, what about the trend for all white, uh, you know, um, uh, 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 I'm sorry, I'm blanking on on the term, but fixtures, all all white, um, you know, cabinets and, and, and mm -hmm. countertops. Um, what's the deal with quartz versus granite? What's the, like, these are things that when people are buying homes, they care very deeply about, and then they yep. don't care about them ever after that until they have to make another real estate transaction. So you could do these, these articles. You could go talk to a stone specialist and go say, tell me about granite. Tell me about quartz. What is, what's best for spills? You could go into a tile store and do that. That's content. You could 100%. do that. In, it would be super valuable. And I know you have to go, Chris. So, well, I do. I did want to just attack onto that two, two really quick little things. It's that is content that is marketing, really valuable marketing assets. Also, you know, like alert, alert, that's professional development for you as a real estate professional. You should know that stuff. And if you don't know it, don't worry. Most of us don't. You have to be active in learning those sorts of things. So you are actually bettering your business, your ability to advise your clients by going to learn that stuff. And you get to create marketing content. And I did want to throw out one example too. Um, if you're feeling daunted by by like you know that kind of like recurring video thing that we were talking about, I have a, an agent that I follow in my local market who uh, is super smart about this. Um, she 
uh, is uh, a lover of mid-century modern furniture. So whenever she goes to a, a showing, if she spots something that is like the mid, mid-century modern style, she snaps a photo of it. And she has a recurring thing on her Facebook and Instagram called the mid-century mod alert. Uh, and she'll share a photo of it. She'll share, oh, I was at a showing. I saw this. This house is, you know, this space is perfectly suited for this. Doesn't get on video. Does it all in uh, just in images and gets a ton of interaction as a result of that because it's consistent. It's something that's attractive that people can be drawn to. And it's something that she can do without feeling a lot of discomfort. And and you can do, I totally agree that this is something you could find your own little niche. I mean, Zillow Gone Wild, the account on Instagram and Facebook, if you're not familiar, you need to be because this is mostly a non-real estate professional followed real estate uh, account sort of poking fun at people's design choices with their homes. Zillow Gone Wild is a perfect example because even though I don't watch real estate shows on television, um, I, I, I just, I'm, I don't watch the reality stuff with real estate. I follow Zillow Gone Wild because I am fascinated by what people do on the inside of their homes, especially when they do wacky things. And that's, that's what that sort of account is all about. You could go to every showing and find something unique and maybe you don't out the, you know, the address of the property, but you could always say, you know, like you were saying, your hashtag could be weird things I find at showings or something. And that would be huge for people because totally. everyone loves to get a little, everyone's got something weird in their house anyway. Massive. So, um, <laughs> all right, Chris, well, uh, this is so great. If you want to see, we, we covered like five of these statistics. There's 111 of them. This just came out. Um, well, by the time we release this episode, it will probably have been three weeks or so. But if you go to the close um, and or you know, we're going to have a link to this in the show notes, this particular article about 111 shocking real estate statistics you need to know. Um, but this is good stuff, guys. You can use this to reach out to clients, right? And deepen your connection on social, all sorts of great ideas, build your team. Um, so go visit theclose.com. They also have a premium membership called The Close Pro, where in most of their content is 100% free. You don't have to subscribe, but if you want to take it to the next level, they have premium content as well. It's like a dollar a day. It's totally worth it. The Close Pro. Um, when you go to theclose.com, look at The Close Pro, try it for a month, see if you like it. I promise you will. Uh, Chris does a lot of coaching on there as well. And obviously he knows his stuff. So everybody visit theclose.com. They're awesome. Let's support them. They don't need our support, but they deserve our support because they are really the best source I have found for anything related to really deep dive, non uh sort of non-ideological or, or, you know, basically just here's the facts, here's what we find uh, related to anything about building your brand or your business as a real estate agent. So check out theclose.com, guys. The, you won't regret it. They're the best. Um, Chris, thank you as always. I will let you get on with your busy day, but uh, boy, I wish I could talk to you for another hour with more of these stats because I, I find them so fascinating. Well, I'm sure we'll connect on this and uh, I'm going to be uh, uh, smoking a pork butt this weekend. I'm sure we'll chat about it. By the way, uh, Chris, if anyone out there who is into smoking, you actually, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but before we go, you actually, so brisket is often considered like the holy grail of smoking because it's expensive. It sort of seems fancy. It's, it's, uh, it's a cool thing. It's, it's not as common, um, but I, and I, I, I have now done both. I've smoked pork butt, which is pulled pulled pork uh, for those of us not in the smoking community. Pulled pork versus uh, brisket. And Chris, I believe you have told me that you actually prefer the taste of pulled pork over brisket. If you had to choose one or the other, is that that accurate? Well, I mean, 
I don't want to. I don't want to offend anybody in the like the like uh, religious smoker community or anything here, but there pork has a lot going for it when you're smoking. Uh, you know, a, a chunk of meat that size takes a long time. You got a lot of good flavor in there. It lasts forever. Pulled pork will last you forever in the fridge or the freezer, and you can put it on so many things. It can be on sliders. It can be on nachos. It can be. It could be. It's, it's so versatile. I'm not saying don't go brisket. Brisket's delicious, but. I mean, give pork a chance, people. Give and, pork a and chance. It's a heck of a lot cheaper. You can <sighs> usually find it for a couple of bucks a pound sometimes. Whereas brisket, I just did a brisket and it was like $13 a pound. It was so I expensive. can feed an entire barbecue with $25 with a pork butt. I can barely feed myself for $25 with a brisket. Well, we will, uh, we'll, Chris and I will be, we'll announce our, our smoking conversation, uh, <laughs> uh, smoker conversation, um, podcast. Uh, but for now we will say goodbye. Um, maybe we'll, maybe we'll start giving some, some grilling and barbecue, uh, tips. Yeah. Right in uh, with questions about barbecue and grilling. <laughs> Frankly, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm being totally serious here. If there is one question from somebody about how to, uh, prepare meat on a smoker, I will answer it for you on the next podcast that I'm here with DJ. I'm just, I'm just calling it out. Right, DJ, find a way to get this question to him. And I, I will answer your question. And by the way, a grill or a smoker is a fantastic closing gift. Oh, and yeah. it doesn't have to be thousands of dollars. You, This is a great, I mean, assuming you understand what the family wants and needs, that is a heck of a good gift. Uh, so can, so keep that in mind too. All right, Chris, um, we will chat with you next month. Always right. a pleasure. Uh, Chris Linsell, by the way, Chris speaks all over the country. Yeah. He is constantly in demand. Are you have any upcoming speaking appearances? Yeah, you if about? you guys are, I, I you know, this one's going to, by the time this episode drops, would be perfect time for conference planning. If you're in the state of California, I'll be at the uh, uh, CAR Reimagine event in Long Beach, uh, middle of October. Uh, if you are in the National Association of Realtors and coming to the NAR conference, I'll be speaking at the NAR conference in Orlando in November. And if you are in New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania and coming to the Triple Play conference in December in Atlantic City, I'll be presenting. I actually have four different stage presentations in Atlantic City, so you can literally have an entire day with me if you feel like. It. <laughs> well, that would that that sounds like a, a dream for <laughs> I'm sure a lot of our audience. I, I mean that seriously. I love I love hanging out with you. All right, yeah. We will we will call it a day. Uh, thanks everyone for being uh, being a listener and participant with our show. We we consider our audience our family, even though we don't get to speak with you directly. Hopefully, we're speaking to you, and we want your feedback, as Chris said. So. Let us know what you want more on the show and also send us your, your questions about, about grills, smoking, barbecue, anything. <laughs> we will answer it next time. Yeah. Um, Chris, on behalf of everyone, we thank you for being a part of our show for as many years as you have been. Chris is a wonderful guy and obviously um, real a real asset to our show. And also on behalf of Chris and myself, every single one of you that listens, this is the reason we do it. It's because of you, the person yeah. I'm talking to right now in your ears, you are the reason we do this. So we need your help. Tell us what you want more of, what you want mm -hmm. less of, and also tell a friend about the show. The more people who know about us brings in more opportunities for us to give you better content. So just tell a friend. That's all we ask. Okay, Chris, thanks for, for being on the show. We'll, we'll see you again next week or next, next, week, next week, month. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> thanks, Chris. <laughs>